Vineyard. Hey, hi, Vineyard. Good to see everybody. Glad welcome. to be back. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah. Great to be doing this again. It's yeah, been a few yeah. weeks. Did yeah. you have a nice Christmas season? You know, I did. It was nice to uh, sort of kick back. It was a busy Christmas, but not. Uh, we just had some days, especially that week, last week. Uh, I wasn't really busy. You know, up to Christmas, we got Christmas Eve services we're planning for, and we're staying pretty busy. But then that last week really, uh, really took most of that week and just relaxed and. Yeah, I was studying and stuff, but sure. it was a nice, a nice change. Jimmy and I had a family visit us that week, so we had lots of fun and lots of great activities going on. So it's uh, it's great to have fun. But uh, anyway, our Hello Vineyard podcast, we answer Vine Press questions. Uh, you can go on. We, we have a new Bible Institute website you've been working on, right? And the link's right at the top. Super easy. You can ask questions about your devotions or the weekend messages. Yeah. And, so that's what's going on there. I, really, I spent a lot of the last month working on that website. And, so uh, when he says he wasn't busy, he was slaving yeah. away at a computer. I'm working on web for lots of hours. <laughs> but, I, you know, I wanted to change that site. I started in 2014, and it was one way, and now... now it's been it, almost seven years now since 1,250 students later, uh-huh. I needed to make some changes, and I actually went... Uh, it's kind of old-fashioned changes, but the website should be way more stable now. And uh, half the courses are back up and running, and the other half I have to put in, and I kind of have to do them one at a time. So I have it slated to be done end of this month-ish. But if uh, if you're an online Bible Institute student and you don't have access to a course that you need, let me know, and I'll bump it to the top of the list. Otherwise, they'll start showing up. and uh, One at a time. One at little, a time. Little by slow. How do you eat an elephant? That little, little, one little bite at a time, time baby. All right. Well, I say we just jump right in. With our questions this week, and taking the the first one, uh, this person's taking a literal look at this, but since God uses Abraham to have his son to carry the lineage, does that mean we are heirs to the seed of Abraham spiritually and physically, or just spiritually? All right, good. Um, (coughs) Spiritually, and then, because, you know, physically... This was how I would think about how we can trace back our, our lineage. Now, and a lot of people would probably have issues with this, but we can certainly trace ourselves back to Noah and his sons because everybody else was gone. So you absolutely can trace yourself back to there. <laughs> and then because Noah can trace himself back to Adam, so can we technically, because we all came out of Noah and his sons, right? So it goes that way. But really, by the time Abraham came around in Genesis 12, there was a lot of... Um, people, and so so technically we could have come everywhere from there. So uh, you you might not technically go that way, but definitely beforehand you can tie yourself back to Noah. Some people probably can. Some, yeah, sure, sure, sure it could. But that's a great question. Oh, I want to say this too. Great questions this week. Listen, I'm, I was, you know, when I'm when I'm putting together a message, I'm I have to talk to lots of different groups of people, right? So there's. There's people who don't believe yet. There's brand new believers. There's people who have been believers for a little while. There's people that have been believers for a long time. And you, you, um, you want to put together a message that everybody can get a hold of. And so you, you kind of have to mix things in there. So, so in the midst sometimes of some fairly simple things, I'm throwing in some pretty complex things without making a big thing over it. And uh, well, the, a lot of the questions came up, and we're catching the bigger things. And so that's really good. I'm glad you're catching those things, and uh, very happy for the questions. Awesome. You ready for the next question? Yep. 
Uh, do you think that the Genesis scripture you touched on about the heavenly beings trying to pollute humankind were the base for the titans of Greek mythology? Yeah. Now, really, I, that's cool. <laughs> I have a, that's my thought is that that and I'll, there's there's a question that comes up that I'm gonna I'll, I'll deep dive into that a little bit here in a, in a little while and the thing so I'm not gonna deep dive it now. Let me let me wait and uh, there was a couple there were several questions that. Um, people picked up on the, the thought that I was trying to make. And so I want to talk more about it, and I will in a little while. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of that stuff is, you know, we talk about false gods as a way to differentiate between big G God and little G gods. But when I say false God, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. It just means they're not God. And there's a lot of these false gods, these little G gods around and out there, and, in, and they're actually in... They're behind all of the evil stuff that goes on in the world to this day. And behind a lot of the evil systems and everything is in place are these powers and principalities. Um, but I will, I will go into that in, in a little more in a later question. But really good question. Very good question. All right, next one. Uh, in Genesis, going back to Genesis, when it says, The word of came to Abram. Uh, is it talking about Jesus there? Um... Yeah, I would, yes, but let me then qualify the yes. So, uh, because it, it sort of comes in a vision, so he's seeing something. And it's, because Jesus is the word, you can make that connection. In the Old Testament, there are places where this um, God shows up in human form. Uh, and uh, I, I made a list of, uh, they're called theophanies. Happens in Genesis 12. The Lord appeared to Abraham on his arrival in the land God had promised to him and his descendants. The Lord actually appears, right? Uh, Genesis 2.18. One day Abraham had some visitors, two angels, and God himself. Um, so this is God in human form. Now, some people would call, those are known as theophanies. You can make a case that they're Christophanies, that it's, that it's um, Jesus in pre-incarnate form. But it could just be God in, in human form, uh, and, which happens rarely, but it does happen in the scripture. And it's kind of interesting to see. It happens again in Genesis 32 and Exodus 3 where God appears to Moses, this time in the form of a burning bush, but it's an appearance. Uh, Exodus 24, God appeared to Moses uh, with Aaron and his sons. God shows up somehow. So we have those things. In the context of in Genesis 15, the way it's written... Um, I would say, yeah, it was it was something not only that he heard but he saw, uh, and and um, I think you know in the in the scripture itself he appears that 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 is a picture of not just hearing but seeing something. So um, yeah, good pickup, and yes, uh, I believe that. So whether it's actually a, it's actually Jesus pre-incarnate or it's God in human form making these appearances, you 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 can you can kind of go either way with that. Um, uh, in, in how that works. But great pickup, great question. All right, moving right along. Uh, in Genesis chapter 15, when Abraham believes what he hears from God about his offspring, uh, it is after that that he goes and fathers a child with Hagar, his wife's servant. Do you think that this was disobedience and lack of faith? Also, God said that it would be a son of flesh and blood that would be Abraham's heir. Since Ishmael, son of Hagar, was technically Abraham's first son of flesh and blood, why didn't they consider Ishmael the heir God spoke of? So, um, without judging, you know, I don't want to judge Abraham. I wasn't there. But it would seem to me that 
he knew that the promise would be about him and Sarah. Uh, because, you know, um, there's patterns, right, that, that we have from creation, like Adam and Eve patterns. Um, husband and wife, you know, somehow male and female reflect the image of God. Um, these are new creation things also for us. And so the promise, I, would, I, I believe, would, become, would come through um, Abram and his wife. All right? So, so that's very important for us to get a hold of. And so, you know, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I said in the, in the midst of the sermon when, when Sarah comes to Abram and says, well, I'm old, I'm never going to have a child. He, I, I'm pretty confident that Abraham knows that she, you know, the child is supposed to come through them. Now that's going to get expanded on in, uh, if you read Genesis 16, 17, 18, you know, that the story comes more clear. But he knew. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, disobedience, uh, dis- lack of faith, you know, uh, but we can relate to that, right? We all sort of try and make things happen sometimes in our own way. And, and it might be that, we, it's because we believe that some, you know, we really believe that God is going to do it, um, but we often get impatient, and then we try and force it, and and we can get out of out of step that way. And so, uh, you know, it, it, the 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 way it, it looked, it needed to be the son that came from Abraham and Sarah that was going to be the next one in in the line, and then you begin to see it unfold. So, uh, um, that just kind of way that that works out and you you need to be looking for those ideas of you know the picture of new creation you know we have the we have the standard back in creation so uh, we were looking for not just him to father anybody with anybody to get an offspring it needed to go in the the proper way the the way that you know God intended it for it to happen and so I see that more going on there but you know we don't know a Abram's story I kind of played with him a little bit about giving his wife away and stuff but you know I, God worked through all that, um, and I—I I certainly have made um, lack of faith decisions in my life. So you know, I'm not one to point fingers. Uh, try not to, but but it certainly does happen. So anyway, great we still question. See, I mean, doesn't God take care of Hagar and Ishmael too later on as well? So you know, he's yeah. he's faithful. He's always faithful. God is always faithful. Yeah. Yeah, but that, it does bring up a lot of problems for Israel. <laughs> it does. <laughs> See, when they, when they step out, anytime we get out, uh, God still loves us. God is good. God is so good. But, but we, you know, sometimes fallen world stuff, broken planet stuff, when we get outside of, of the best way of doing things, there are often consequences that come our way. All right. Next one. Uh, it is apparent that God found favor only with Abel's offering because of his faith and generosity in contrast to Cain's careless and thoughtful offering, thoughtless offering. Uh, where is there any evidence to back that up? All right, so great question. Um, you know, back in Genesis 4, right, we, we get the... It's kind of interesting, really. It's, it's sort of a, a recorded act of worship, which is in giving, and at the same time we get the first murder as a consequence of... That going on out of jealousy, and we begin to see here really the effects of the fall and, and what's happening. And so, um, God was instructed, uh, God instructed, obviously, Cain and Abel about offering and what it looked like. Not, we don't have it scripturally, it's not, we don't see it, but 
God must have told them what this looked like and how it was supposed to work and what they were supposed to do. That's how they knew what it looked like uh, and, and uh, what a sacrifice was supposed to be. And, and so it was, a, it was a substitutionary atonement. There needed to be a substitution. So I think the real issue is, and I've heard this done a lot of ways, you know, uh, that, um, that what happened was that Abel's was, was better than Cain's because Abel's was, um, you know, uh, some of the, the fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. And then, um, you know, what Cain brought was first fruits of the soil. I've heard people say it looks like he just picked up some apples or something. I think the bigger issue is that um, it, it, there wasn't a blood sacrifice and there needed to be. I think that's the big issue. It's not, that was the problem. And when, when God sort of looks unfavorably upon it, uh, you know, uh, all that Cain really needed to do was repent and go, oops, I got, I got that wrong, and go fix it. And instead, he gets angry, refuses to repent, and kills his brother. So that's the bigger issue. So, so that's the thing. I, I think that, that um, the offering, uh, you know, uh, Cain's offering was unacceptable because it, it was bloodless. And now we'll, we'll expand on that in the scripture. If you look in Leviticus chapter 17, you, you see that there was something about that, that offering that needed to happen. Um, there in uh, in everything that's going on. So good good points there. I have to make a, I have a question not related to this study. So can I ask you in the midst and deal with everybody, or do we pause? What's the question? Well, there's a there's a delivery showing up, <laughs> and I need to do something about it. Is Georgina upstairs? She is. Yeah. So you just want to text her real I quick, could text and I can her. I can segue. So uh, yeah, we're doing this live and. I don't really like editing video, so we're just going to kind of keep rolling. He's going to do his thing. Yeah. But uh, coming up this weekend, uh, we're actually very excited. Uh, our friend Pastor Barry and his wife Renee will be down. And, uh, you know, we usually have Pastor Barry lead us in communion when he's visiting us. And uh, Renee will be on the worship team this weekend. She has an amazing voice, so we're super pumped about that. But I'll give you the set list uh, for this weekend. And we have Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie with us, too. So, uh it's a very exciting set going on. Uh, Billy is going to lead the new Phil Wickham song, Battle Belongs. Uh, we did that one a few weeks ago. There's actually a video of our cover of that on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet, subscribe to us on YouTube. Do it right now. Uh, then next up, I'm doing a uh, Shane and Shane arrangement of Nothing But the Blood. I believe it's a Matt Redman song. I forget who's done it, but it's a good, good arrangement there. Uh, Angie's leading a song. I believe it's... Upper Room, it's called After You, I'm After Your Heart. Uh, Renee will be leading the song Tremble by Mosaic MSC. She does an amazing job with that. And uh, Kimmy's bringing back one of your favorites, Revivals in the Air. We haven't done it since before Christmas. So uh, that will be our set. And, um, yeah, so you got your text messages sent. Yes. Sorry, we're back. We're back up. Back. Sorry I had to deal with that. You know, we're doing the podcast uh, and things are happening around us, and I, I couldn't just ignore that because somebody needed to step we, we into just, it. We just roll with the punches. We just, we're just rolling. I roll. think I may have forgotten to change the camera. That's fine. We're just did I, th- did I think I added, and so I think I answered that question. So that, I think, is the big issue with the sacrifice. Is uh, That's how I understand it. And, and It the, was and, the, the no blood sacrifice and the lack of repentance. Yeah, all, all you had to do, listen, if you mess up, <laughs> God is gracious. Repent. 
and move, you know, don't. But the other option is pride and anger, and that's, it resulted in the murder. So and so that's the big the thing behind the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes we'll get it wrong, but just repent, you know. All right. So are you ready for the next question? You have yep. your notes loaded up. Uh, please explain what being made in the image of God means. Uh, this person always thought it meant everybody who was old enough and had a sound mind had a moral sense, uh, even if they dulled it by not listening to it. It distinguishes the people from the animals. Even after the fall, there were people like Joseph, Daniel, David, many other prophets who stayed close to God, even in captivity. I remember, in, or they remember, in one Old Testament course, you said Joseph was a prototype of Jesus. How were they not image bearers of God? Great question. Um, so it, here's how I, I understand it. When you, when you see the idea of the image of God, uh, back in, in you know, context of Genesis 1, uh, 26 through 28, it, it's, it's connected to our authority over the created world. Uh, and um, so as those made in the image of God, Adam and Eve at the time, they, they were like vice um, regents. They were, they were to fill the earth with godly offspring, and they were to glorify God through their rule on the earth. Remember, I was talking about that. So, so God's initial plan was to partner. Uh, we were to partner with him, and we were going to go make the rest of the planet like Eden. Uh, and in that sense, um, we, we have the image of God. The image of God provides, provided us with the identity as rulers uh, and uh, with the function of ruling over creation. So, so initially, they were made in the image of God that way. That was before Adam fell into sin uh, in Genesis 3. And so then, you know, your question, are we still made in the image of God? Fascinating, if you look at Genesis 5, and this ties into a lot of things, when Seth comes along, he's made in the image of Adam. So something has changed there. But in a way, the answer to the question, are we made in God's image, it's still, it's, it's a qualified yes. Uh, and by that I mean um, we're made in his image, but sin has distorted the image. Uh, and so we've turned from, from worshiping uh, the one in whose likeness we're, we're made, and instead that's been turned towards idols. That's, that's kind of what happened. It's a distortion of the image. The enemy um, stole it because he stole our authority, right? At the, that's one of the things the enemy got um, was he got our authority over the planet. Now, Jesus, when Jesus comes, he gets it back from the enemy. And, and that's why we're image-bearing again, uh, and we're reflecting. And, and one of the things that we do, one of our vocations now as believers, is to reflect the image of God into the world around us. So, um, so yeah, in the Old Testament, those guys, um, they were still made in the image of God, but they, they didn't necessarily, uh, we lost that I- idea of identity at the fall. And then it's restored at the cross. So um, I know that's kind of a, a, a moving around answer, but it's a, it's a qualified. Yeah, they're, they're still we're, we're still made in the image of God, but but we we lost our authority, uh, which is really how it connected um, when we because of the fall, Jesus has made it back. And so you know, there's, there's some scriptures I put in here uh, that that He's restoring that in Christ. Um, Colossians one fifteen, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, uh, in their case, the God of the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And, and now, not only that, he's rest- so Jesus got it back for us, and then it's being restored 
in us. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 29, where uh, it says, you know, for those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. 1 Corinthians 15, 49. And just as we've been, uh, we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear, bear the image of the man of heaven. So, so Jesus is, is restoring the image of God. It's restored in him. And then, you know, Holy Spirit working in us is being restored in us. And so all of this is really cool. And there's some other verses like that. But um, that's what's happening with that. So uh, I hope that helps to answer it. Initially, yeah, we were image bearers. At the fall, we lost it because we lost our authority. At the cross, Jesus wins it back. And now um, it's happening. It's being formed in us again as Holy Spirit uh, is, is we're yielding to him and continuing on in the vocation that we have. Great question. Awesome. All right, moving right along. Abraham is told to leave things behind him in order that he may fulfill God's plan. Do you think God would ask that of us now to see if we are fully willing? And if so, do you have any advice for someone in this scenario? Sure. Um, yes, I think he asks people all the time. Uh, I know missionaries who feel like God's called them to a place and they leave it all and go and do what, what they think they're supposed to do. Um, I think God moves people um, out of situations into other situations if they're willing to go. And um, I think that that's a big part of it. But it's not always that way. Uh, it's, it's not always happening that way. Um, and, and so let me clarify right off the bat, if, if, if somebody is sensing that, um, it, it needs to come, the decision to act on it needs to come with lots and lots of prayer, lots and lots of godly counsel. Um, there, there'll be lots of confirming things that are supposed to happen. Don't, it's not just something you do on a whim and, uh, and go, oh, well, you know, I'm off to Africa. Um, usually there's confirmation from other people. And multiple, 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 multiple confirmation. When you're, when you're having to change everything like that, um, it's a big deal. And, and you know, in, in, if it's a couple, they both need to be in agreement on those things. There's, there's a lot of things in there, but certainly he does. I mean, and, and he... Uh, Abraham's response was one of faith. That's the big deal. And, you know, that needs to be our response as well. It's a faith thing. Um, and are we willing to? And let me say this, too. Uh, we'll get that wrong sometimes. We might, we might go when we're not sent. And we might not go when we are sent. And yet, if we mess it up, that's where God that blew that one. He still works with us. You know, if people get all messed up, well, I missed God's way. Hey, you, you miss something that God's doing? You just say, I really miss that God and catch the next one. Um, and I'm not saying that lightheartedly or flippantly. I'm just saying you can't. Some people have felt like, oh, I didn't do this. And so now I've. You know, my life is... And forget not it. a one-and-done kind no, of... No, no. He, you know, he's great if you get it. If not, yeah. you, you go, oh, I missed that. and you Try again. Yeah. Try try again. And, you know, I've, in my life, I, I've uh, a couple of times thought that there was some different directions for me. And then, over time, it just realized that it wasn't. You know, that, that uh, this is this is the way. And uh, going... I'm just, and wow. I just quoted Mandalorian. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really want to get into that. Uh, no, so I, 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 I see. I'm in, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups uh, with different church groups and stuff. You know, there's worship leader Facebook groups. There's church tech guys, and uh, there was one stream. Everybody on stage had a baby Yoda shirt, 
during church service. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's cool. It's great to enjoy it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like... Grogu. Well, but, I meant... But, but, but quoting him, this is the way. Is well, like, when I wasn't actually... I was just saying that it's a God thing before right. it was a Mandalorian right. thing. Right. But I get the cultural ramifications that I need to be careful. Yeah. But it, 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 it's all good. Not everybody I, needs to repeat this I'm is sure the way I'm sure they were just being funny. You know, yeah, yeah. Th- there are other churches that do things. Like yeah, but, you know, never... Christianity was referred to as the way. I mean, seriously, that was one of the one of the la- labels that it had in the in the early church was it was known as the way. Everybody just rips off the Bible oh, constantly, constantly, because it's such a good story. All the, you know, so much, so much literature you can trace back to the Bible. So we're going to move along. This is the way. Um, <laughs> have you always believed that Genesis chapter six is speaking of evil spiritual beings? Uh, this person's always held that position as well, but they didn't realize that there was another opinion about it until a few years ago. Uh, basically, it was explained to them that Genesis 5 is talking about the genealogy of the godly line of Seth, and then Genesis 6 is describing Seth's godly line seeing the daughters of man, Cain's line, and intermarrying with them. Do you view it as significant that it was spiritual beings rather than the descendants of Cain who were responsible for diluting the line of Seth and provoking God? It's a great question. Um, and that, that late question that we got, that last question, do you, have do you want me there? to read this too? You can read me that question. So uh, this was one we got in this Tuesday morning. So really like our preferred deadline is Monday night before his bedtime, which is like 530. Eight o'clock. So <laughs> don't put me in bed earlier. Than but by 8, 8 p.m. I'm, so, you know, I'm up at I'm up by four every morning for his sake. Yeah. Get on by yeah. like, y- yeah. you know, just just. Yeah. But I'm happy to have him whenever. So we're going to couple that question with this question. Uh, you said not to limit powers and principalities to fallen angels. Can you expand upon that? Okay. Along with your first question. Good. So, so yeah. Um, and, and let me get back to that first question. Um, I didn't realize there was other opinions about it until a few years ago. So let me just say this. There are other opinions about everything. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, literally, every, and everything that I say, there are reasonable other opinions for um, that are out there. And and so that's all part of it. So you know when I'm when I'm answering questions stuff, I'm I'm doing my best, but but you're getting my opinion on subjects. Uh, so I believe that, um, and I've had different ideas. You know, you're you're you. If you have a good solid basic theology, some of the surrounding things will change from time to time. So I've always said, you know, in the vineyard, our our main theology is the kingdom of God, and and when you have that in which is, in effect, that Jesus inaugurated the kingdom when he came. He consummated, consummated it when he returns, and we're living in the tension of the now and the not. Yet, when, when you get a hold of what that really means, then the story that I talk about all the time, it will all start to fall in play, and that will really help with your theology. So, yes, I, I believe that, that these are um, evil spiritual beings that are being talked about who are trying to pollute the population by this intermixing so that there's not a clean line for the Messiah uh, to come through. And um, it causes a lot of issues. And there are these strange beings in the Bible, these, you know, the giants and other people that you can't explain, who, who then now you can't explain with what's going on. Um, and, you know, they're still around. Some of those giants are still around in David's time because um, David takes care of one and then his men take care of the other four brothers. Kind of interesting. So, uh, so yeah, there's these evil beings, and 
I, I explained it lightly in some of the messages this weekend without going into it. I was really trying to provoke some thought in people um, as to what happens. So, so my understanding is that in the same way that God wanted to have a human family to fellowship with, he wanted to have a spiritual family that he created. God, there's only one God. He is the God. But... Apparently, there's in the in the scripture there are other little g gods, sometimes referred to as sons of God, in the scripture, and that that some of these beings chose to go their own way. They had the the basically the same choice we've all had, because God wants to be in fellowship with people who want to be with with He wants to be in relationship with people that want to be in relationship with him, uh, or with beings that want to be in relationship with him. That's the heart of God. Listen, he wants to hang out with us, and he just wants people that want to hang out with him, um, beings that want to hang out with him. So there there was created this spiritual family, and in that are, you know, angels, uh, fallen angels, and then there's these powers and principalities that are different. They're different types of beings, and I, I would think of those as being along the line of these sons of God. Now, um... I'll give you a fun, and, and, and this will just get a whole bunch of people uh, who have different, they could get really upset with this. And it's okay, I'm, I'm, like I said, I have lots of room. But if you, if you read Psalm 82, it's a fascinating psalm. And it, 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 let, me, let me read it. It says, God presides in the great assembly and he gives judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality of the wicked? Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. The God saying, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. But you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God. Judge the earth. All the nations you are in heaven. Now, who in the world are the sons of God? Because and, and why is God having a council in the great assembly? And he gives judgment among the gods. So there's, there's one God, uh, and, and then there's these other spiritual beings that, that are in that spirit. None of them is equal to God. None of them is like God. Um, and none of them, you know, is, is a creator God. But they are definitely interesting spiritual beings. So... Um, who is he talking to there? You know, and some people want to say, oh, they're talking about the early Jewish rulers and stuff. You know, it doesn't make sense. Because he, he wouldn't say things like, you, you know, you're gods, uh, all sons of the Most High, but you're going to die like mere men. It, it, it doesn't make sense. So it, it's got something to do with the fact that these spiritual beings get, get out of hand and God is going to deal with them. Um, they are not going to go on forever the way that God is. And so... I even brought that up because in Genesis 11, at the Tower of Babel, something happens. Verse 5. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So who, who's, why does God need to say, let us go down to anybody? And people want to go, oh, it's, you know, it's a reference to Trinity. No, it's not. He doesn't have to talk to God is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He doesn't have conversations like that. He's talking to somebody. And, and he's saying, I believe, he's talking to this spiritual family. Look, we're going to go and deal with this. And it's at this point that a lot of these evil beings, I believe, 
go really their own way, and they become the powers and principalities over all these places all over the world and over all the systems all over the world. And, and so I, I, I really believe that. If you look at the major systems that, to this day, impact the world, economic, political, uh, you know, on and on, educational, things that happen, they, these there's these powers and principalities, these, these little G-gods that are operating behind them. Now, God is still God. God's made a way. God has rescued us. God has delivered us. We have a way in Jesus. All of that's going to get dealt with uh, at, at some point, you know, when Jesus returns. But right now, that's the setup. And even though at the cross, the evil one was defeated, he hasn't departed. So all these things are in play. And you need to be looking for these things behind the things. Otherwise, what happens is you, you look at current events and everything, and if you don't see what's going on behind the scene, you, you start to get very fleshy in it, and you're going to take it out in, in, against flesh and blood, and it's not. It's bigger than that. So we'd, our battle is never against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities, these rulers, all these things that are going on that have completely destroyed God's world. Un- unfortunately, the fall by our invitation. All right? So... Um, all those things that are going on, and that's what I believe happening. And that's why I think it's this, why it is what it is. So um, when you start looking at it that way, it really does change anything. And when you start reading the scripture with what I just said to you about those evil beings in mind, you will see them show up all over the place. They All of a sudden, you're going to go, oh, well, why didn't I see that before? Because right? you weren't looking for it. But uh, those are the things. There's little things that, you know, if you're looking for when you're reading the story... It, it just deepens the story in amazing ways. And so that's, that's one of those things. But um, all of you who asked that, and everybody, great questions with that, but that's what's going on. And, and uh, I might at some point do some more teaching on that, uh, but, but, you know, it won't be a Sunday morning kind of series. It'll be yeah, that would be, uh, that's a pretty intense. Yeah, and, and, you know, here's the thing, here's the thing, that kind of stuff can, can bring division, and I don't want it to, I don't want to cause anything. No. So I'm just, these are my opinions, this is what I think is going on, and, and I think it adds a depth to the story. But if you believe otherwise, I'm good with that. I don't, I'm not, I won't fight anybody over it. Well, yeah, I get it, I understand the other opinion, it could be. So, so, see, that's, to me, that's the difference, right? But, uh, as, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and what Paul always taught about unity was, listen, we're going to come to some of this a little differently, but if we got the main things right, then let's hang on to the main thing. And to me, the main thing is the gospel. If you, if you get that you needed Jesus and you can't make it without him, we're basically on the same page. So we'll get there. All this other stuff, you know, it's just, to me, it's fascinating. We're supposed to continue to dig in. We leave it to the Holy Spirit to show us one way or the other, and we continue to maintain uh, fellowship. And so that would be my hope and why I share those things. If you, if you completely disagree with me, that's okay. We can still have fellowship as long as we, you know, we're, we agree on the main thing, which is Jesus and what he's done. So, so good. All right. So uh, next question. Uh, back when the Jews lived by the law and made sacrifices for atonement before Jesus, were people going to heaven during that time? Yeah. So uh, another good question. And... Um, Simple answer, I, I would, from reading Hebrews 11 and the heroes of the faith, I would say yes to that. But let me, let me make it clear. It wasn't um, by following the law. The law never got anybody to heaven. It was by faith. It's always been by faith. Um, 
that's why Hebrews 11 is the, you know, the, the Hebrews of the faith. It was them believing in the promises of God, even though they hadn't seen them. And that's the issue. So, um, so the law made a way for sin to be atoned for to keep them in relationship with God um, by the shedding of blood. When Jesus comes, he, he deals with it once and for all. He's the perfect sacrifice. And, and that really does change everything. And then when he defeats death, it opens up a whole new set of life for us. But, um, yeah, I believe those people before Christ were, they, they were in the same way we are, by faith. Always been by faith. Make sure you hear that. It's a faith thing. It's not a works thing. Never been a works thing. And so the law didn't save anybody. Um, uh, and and uh, it's always been faith and always will be faith. And so if they had faith in, in God and the promises of God and they trusted God, it's, you know, it's, it's to the best of their ability and obviously they're perfect. Then, yeah, I, I believe that, that all of them will get to go hang out with all of them when, when it's our time. Awesome. All right. We got one more question for you. Uh, how far can one go before God no longer wishes to have a relationship with them? This person deals with some really broken, awful people who've hurt others. Uh, they understand repentance, but is there a point where it's too much to overcome? Yeah, again, great question. Um, my simple answer to that would be no. Um, and that's the grace of God. That, that there are some pretty horrible people who have repented and come back, and God has re- they're in relationship with God. And that's really hard for us to process because we're very justice-minded. You know, we we want justice. But let me also say, there are some people that are just evil, and they won't repent. I mean, there's a lot of... that's. A, there are some people who aren't really evil in, in the way we would judge them, and they won't repent. And that's a whole different issue. Um, and so, and our, yeah, there are some people who, I would say, are way more evil than others. You can almost feel it on them. Um, but uh, I think there's... Uh, as long as we're breathing... There's hope. And I think there has to be. Um, or else we just start writing people off as lost and then we're going to judge them too quickly. And, you know, I think we miss the point then. So we've got to be praying for people, even the hard ones. And I've seen, seen some pretty not good people come to Jesus. Um, and depending on how you're judging that, you know, I'd say I was one of them. So... Um, you know, it's what, again, it's it's how are, how are we how are we laying those you know how are we weighing those things? What is it? How, you know, um, it's a, it's a good question. But yeah, no, the grace of God is great. It's amazing, and it needs to be. And so uh, I don't want to limit it. But also understand, yeah, there's some really evil people in there, and so you know we have big boundaries up, and we we uh, we keep those in place. But let's. Uh, I always pray that no one is too far gone. We'll have to leave that up to God. Well, hey, well, those were great questions. Thank you guys so much for submitting them. Thank you, Dad, for answering them. It's great to be back in the comfy chairs on the stage doing uh, Hello Vineyard. Uh, tune in this weekend to church. It's going to be good. We'll see you soon. Goodbye, yeah. Vineyard. Goodbye, Vineyard. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.